everybody. Welcome to another episode of Gimlet's at Golden Hour. I'm Dan. And I'm Aubrey. And uh, today we're talking a little... Well, you explain. Get us into it. So, what we're going to talk today is a little bit of... Um, and when you're entertaining, we're going to talk about, you know, pre-meal, you know, snacks and drinks and things that I, I believe get missed a lot when, when you're entertaining people. So... You know, you're going to have some guests over and everybody always focuses on, you know, what what's the main meal or what's, you know, the the big the big dish that's being served. But I think a lot of what people miss is, you know, your your before dinner drinks and snacks and things you can do to kind of elevate a situation and kind of, you know, experiment, try some new drinks and some new snacks and kind of go down that road. So that's that's what we're going to talk about today. Hell yeah. I like it. So, you know, kind of, you know, building on that, I think a lot of what uh, people miss is the opportunity to experiment and try new things. I think a lot of drinks get overlooked because I think people are used to their comfort zones when it comes to alcoholic beverages. So, you know, for instance, you know, people will come and they'll say, I only drink beer. So they bring, you know, the beer that they're familiar with and that's what they want to drink or you know, guests or hosts will be nice to people and be like, oh, what do you want? And then they buy what they want instead of maybe kind of taking a lead in a situation and being like, you know what, I'm going to have this and I'm going to, you know, encourage people to try it, kind of step out of their comfort zone. Do you think, um, do you think sometimes that could be on the, like a host responsibility where they could almost like say, we're going to have these style of drinks at this time and kind of almost think about the drinks and the pre-dinner food as much as they're thinking about the main the main event right yeah that's that's part of it too and i think you know a lot of a lot of what what the host kind of miss misses at least in my experience is the, the communication factor so you know for instance if i were having you over I'd be like hey dan why don't you know you and your significant other come over we're going to have a couple you know some couples over and then kind of take a lead in the situation just be like hey can you bring some meats and cheeses and some nuts. We're going to try some sherry, you know, something that's a little bit different. Maybe not a lot of people have experienced. And I think, you know, a lot of times as in our culture, especially as a host, you're supposed to be gracious and think about what everybody else wants and kind of cater to their needs instead of maybe, you know, taking the lead in the situation and being like, let's, let's go down a weird rabbit hole. Let's try something that's, you know, out of our comfort zone. Hell yeah. And I think that gets, that gets missed a lot. But I, I think the, the, the main part of it is the communication on the host part to let the people know what's going to happen. And of course, obviously, you know, invite people to bring the drinks that they like or they're familiar with, but just let them know, Hey, this, you know, we're for sure going to try some different things. You know, we're going to try some different styles of beer that we've never tried. And we're going to, you know, maybe, you know, open our eyes to something new that you didn't know that you liked. And, and I think that's especially, you know, this time of year when, you know, you got nice weather and you got all this fresh, you know, produce and the farmer's markets are booming and you can find all kinds of different things that, you know, that you, you want to try or experiment with. It's, it's a perfect time of year. So what would you recommend for people? Like, <clears throat> let's, let's say we, we go with the, the sherry as um, something as a lead in what kind of nuts, what kind of cheeses are we kind of pairing with that? Um, or what do you think people should look for? Maybe not necessarily specifically, but when they're in the cheese aisle or they're looking through the cheeses, what's, what's something that maybe catches your eye that people could look out for? I think, you know, when it, I'm just a, I like almonds, but as far as nuts go, you know, having, 
making a board with some charcuterie and some nuts and some dried fruit and some cheese, you're never going to go wrong. Yeah, baby. So, like, I mean, that's the easiest, and there's no prep hardly to it. You maybe have to cut some cheese. That's it. Right. It's a way to kind of fancy a get-together up. You can present it on a cool wooden board. There's, you know, people make them. You can buy them online. And, And it just... Is, is a great way to start. So with, with nuts, I usually just go mixed nuts. I love almonds, but anything will do, you know, almonds, you know, peanuts, cashews. Obviously you want to check with people and make sure that <laughs> there's no allergies. So you're not, <laughs> somebody just collapses yeah, at your party. So you well, don't have to bust out the EpiPen, but guess we're not going to the main course. now. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to make it to the main course today, but I, so, um, that's what I like. And so, you know, let's let's take sherry for an example. Like I love dried sherry. So there's many different styles of sherry, but Olorosos and Finos are two lighter bodied, drier styles that I really like. And, you know, an easy literally an easy thing to do is, you know, get some almonds, you know, some manchego cheese, mm. which is a you know, a little more of a it kinda has like a nutty flavor to it, which, you know, the Olorosos and the uh Fino sherries do kind of have that nutty characteristic to it. Um, so, you know, that, that's a great pairing just on a plate, even if you want to go small, you know, get slice up a couple, you know, blocks of Manchego. And so, um, just to clarify, like if we're doing this, uh, that's all, that's all you can drink for the rest of your life now. Right. Like, so like if you're, if you're that, if you're that, uh, guy who's sipping on G and T's, if you're that, uh, guy who likes beer, the, the lady who likes wine or, or beer or whatever, once you, once you go down that hole though. You, you got to give all that up, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is, we're, we're going outside the box, right? The, uh, this yeah. is like a, this is like an opportunity to just taste some different flavors, right? Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so much information online and especially like this time of year, like we were talking, you know, you're, you're, if you have a get together, you're probably not going to be braising a short rib and eating mashed potatoes with it. It's, it's a time of year where, you know, it'd be cool to invite some people over mid afternoon sit out on your back porch, you know, eat some, eat some nuts and some cheese and drink some sherry. It's just, it's very easy to do. One thing I, I, I kind of do for myself for when I have some folks over is, um, I like to pick different styles of cheese, not necessarily, uh, sorry, let me, so not only hard cheeses, but also like some soft cheeses, some like spreadable, some, oh yeah, you know, I, I like that goat, goat milk cheese. Um, so that's something you can do too. I kind of find, uh, you know, if you have something that's like aged or funky and then you have something that's like creamy, um, styly, uh, y- you know, like something soft, but, but not, not too far funky or anything. And then you have something like a goat cheese that's spreadable. It's kind of a nice thing that you can kind of hit on each, uh, consistency kind of. Yeah. And, and funkiness level. And it kind of can change different things and you can pair different like i like so i'll do uh you know like maybe a prosciutto and a salami and stuff and like different cheeses will like kind of funkify it or non-funkify it or i get something else out of it um and then i'm also like really big into olives and pickle pickled stuff uh and then um of course i don't know about you i I pretty much, except for bananas, um, the last five years have pretended fruit does not exist. Ooh, Dan. I know. I know. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, slowly but surely, um, uh, we've kind of, we've been buying more fruit produce. I'm just a veggie guy. You know, yeah. I love my vegetables. Right. I will eat vegetables, you know, every single, you know, yeah. I could just eat vegetables forever. But kind of getting more into, like, sliced apples. 
a watermelon. Same thing. There you go. So, so basically building a shareable tray mm-hmm. is a very easy thing to do. And, you know, you can, especially, you know, if you're talking cheeses and nuts and fruit, I mean, there's beers, there's all different kinds of beers you can pair with these. You can go sour beers, you can, you know, go lighter, just lagers. I mean, and there's so many, you know, craft breweries that are making just incredibly well done. Sim, I don't want to say simple, traditional styles that are great before a meal because yeah. you know you, you got to watch yourself too because <laughs> you don't want to start you know hit hitting the hitting the booze too hard before you actually get into the entree. Um, so yeah, I, I think the diversity of shareable plates and just dicing up vegetables and fruit and having a hard cheese and some soft cheeses and some spreadable cheeses with some nuts and you know just going with you know, some simple beers or some fruit beers and then, you know, some sherry and just expanding. What do you think about even, um, like starting with like non-alcoholic beverages? That's another area that I think is one of the most overlooked areas. And it also is information that I think when I refer back to what I, you know, a host communicating to their guests also be nice to communicate, Hey, I'm going to have some sparkling water and we're going to make a couple mocktails or non-alcoholic punches just so people come into that situation comfortable if they don't drink and then they don't feel pressured to drink. They're still going to get to try something different if you make like some kind of non-alcoholic punch or if you're like, hey, man, you know, check out these cool flavored sparkling waters that I have because the industry as far as not craft, but like, you know, more the quality on sparkling waters is you know really, really good right now. So. Oh yeah. There's a lot of different brands that provide different flavors and and it's also another thing you can do is it to, you know, to enhance the before dinner experience. There's even uh non-alcoholic spirits now, which is crazy. Yeah. Um and it it's an expanding category like uh you know it it kind of started out it's it sounds so weird cuz you know I think we we kind of joked 5 years ago when people were asking about non-alcoholic vodka and you're like uh, it's called water. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a real thing. Right. Uh, non-alcoholic gin kind of came on the scene. Then non-alcoholic whiskey. Um, and now they're kind of getting into that aperitif before dinner category where you could have like a non-alcoholic Negroni. Uh, you know, just some sparkling water and, and um, a little bit of, you know, non-alcoholic um, style bitter liqueurs and stuff. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it seems kind of, you know, like if, if you're a big part of drinking culture, you're like, why, why would I, but it's, it is an uh, easy way to kind of a keep calories down, uh, and B not, not get too drunk too fast. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and also, you know, and sometimes people, even like me, like I, 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 I love alcohol and I love to drink, but there are times where I'll go places and it's like, you know what? I don't want to drink. But if someone were to be like, Hey, we got this really cool punch that we made that doesn't have alcohol and I'm all in. Yeah. So it, it also, you know, provides an opportunity for people who aren't drinking to enjoy the experience as yeah. well. And, you know, maybe try some new flavored waters or some new flavored, you know, um, beverages or syrups that cut are, up some herbs too yeah like a, a like a lavender lemonade is has become really big uh you know if you got fresh herbs it's kind of a cool way to show showcase some of those herbs that you've been growing um through the season I, we're, we're currently in like the end of june so it's kind of getting to that time where stuff's just popping off and you can go in the garden basil basil lemonades are a, a, another big one yeah 
they can also aid a lot in digestion as well. So you're you're still getting kind of the benefits that we get from digestifs and aperitifs, but um, through your through your garden. And then after, so a lot of so you know with your shareable plates, that's usually you know we're talking before dinner stuff. So that's usually how I would start the meal is some sort of shareable plate, some meats, some cheeses, some nuts, maybe some fruit and veggies cut up. And then you kind of what I like to do is to move into your more traditional appetizers, the, the finger foods, the stuffed mushrooms, the wings kind of take the, you know, the next step there. And then, you know, along those lines, you can move into your, you know, more traditional cocktails or, you know, wine, you know, start getting into some, some more full, I don't want to say full bodied, but some rosé, right. um, some sparkling wine, that sort of thing to kind of, you know, take the next, I don't want to say step, but it's more like the progression. So once you start moving into, you know, your, your finger foods, your stuffed mushrooms, your, you know, this time of year, like the bruschetta, you know, crusty bread with fresh Ooh. tomatoes and herbs, you know, that's also a, a nice way to kind of transition. Into, Keeping it light still, but yeah. kind of moving along and not, you know, and, and just setting it out and letting people get what they want, you know, grab one or two things. And then, mm. you know, you're still, you're still doing great. You're not gonna, I think, uh, <clears throat> just quick things I wanted to mention. Um, so, uh, what are what are your thoughts on um, appetizers having or only being able to be f- like um, you shouldn't have to serve with utensils? Yeah, that's kind of what we think with that. Yeah, to a certain extent. Um, also, you know, like I, th- I think seasonality plays into that, and I think the time obviously when it's the middle of winter and it's cold out, you know, you you know, there's opportunities to serve heavier dishes that might mm. require. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. A spoon or a fork. As opposed to like this, I mean, this time of year when it's, you know, 70 degrees and sunny out, it's you like want them cucumbers and yeah, you, you want and the light finger snacky stuff. So I think seasonality. And I also think what you're doing with your main dish plays in that. If you're going with a real heavy, you know, red meats or something that's big and bold as a main dish, you're not going to want the appetizers to be big and heavy as well. You're going to want to kind of and that kind of leads into the other thing i was going to bring up with which is like knowing how much to serve uh there's there's that idea of um you know you 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 want to do these things but you don't want to overdo it because then when you do get to the the main course uh unless you got a whole uh football team full of people they're probably going to be a little stuffed so kind of plan and and i guess the other part of that is time right yeah how much time are we entertaining for um, if you're entertaining for four hours, then you can go a little heavier with some of those appetizers or, or plan like hour by hour blocks and, and, and then your lead up to the, to the main event. Yeah. What are some other thoughts on, uh, on, on appetizers and hors d'oeuvres? I just, you know, I, I think I just, you know, w- along what we've been saying, I think we need to just encourage people to keep trying new things and, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many, so much information as far as cookbooks and recipes online and things you can do to, to try new, to try new items and, and utilize, you know, hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this, you're at least interested in or have a garden. I mean, there's so much stuff you can grow and things taste better when you're the one that put the effort into growing it and picking it and you know, the source and you know how it was, you know, grown and when it was, you know, harvested. So yeah, you can just be like, yeah, I made this. Yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, watching. I don't – we haven't got our house to a point where we can do the full garden that we'd like to yet. But, you know, we got the herbs growing in the back. And same thing, I, I came over here today and 
got to check out Dan's garden. You, just, yeah. you see the progress on it. And it's kind of cool to see that, you know, that's something that you can make. And gardens are perfect for, you know, appetizers. They're, you know, um, like uh, even just like some fresh tomatoes with like mozzarella, basil, drizzled on them. I mentioned, you know, the bruschetta earlier. Um, even just taking some peppers and slicing them up and making a dip for them. You know, mm. very easy, yeah, light, you know, fresh things to do. Yeah. And I think something that, um, you know, we can we kind of talked about before is, uh, your garden is going to let you know what you're eating too. So <clears throat> with basil, when you start, when you start trimming back basil, basil just overproduces and you, your basil plants basically telling you, Hey, it's time to make pesto. Hey, it's time to, um, you know, make a, make a basil lemonade. Hey, uh, you know, and that goes for a bunch of different things. You got too much rosemary or uh, thyme, you know, you, you just go, okay, I know what to do with this, or I'll figure out what to do with this. Uh, I use Instagram a lot, you know, because I'm, uh, I'm I, 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 we all eat with our eyes, but, you know, uh, I get inspired by looking at pictures. So I'll just type in like potatoes <laughs> and, you know, or potato recipes even, and I'll just look at stuff. I'm not really necessarily going to follow their recipe, but sometimes I'll be like, Oh, that's interesting that they put, you know, such and such with that, or they're serving it this way or, uh, you know, something like that. And I'll take that idea and kind of play with it. Uh, and, and that's what I'm making for dinner just based on maybe an overabundance of something. Uh, I think the farmer's market is the same way. If you're not growing your own, um, stuff at home, when you go to the farmer's market or even the grocery store, you know, uh, but especially the farmer's market, they're going to have an abundance of something. Right. And it's a good opportunity to interact with the people that grow and ask them, these people grow this stuff. They know like, Hey, what, what do you do with this, you know, sort of watermelon or what do you do with this, you know, pepper? Like, how do you use it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously they're growing it and they're consuming it. So yeah. it's also a good way to get some ideas just to bounce it off of them. Uh, we've talked about CSAs too. Uh, if, if, if you have, if you don't have time to go to the farmer's market or you're working or something like that, a lot of these farms now are doing CSAs to the point where they might even deliver fresh veggies for you. And the, the part of CSAs, I'm not sure we've completely gone over is, um, the farmer is picking the things that they're giving you. So you're going to get some stuff that maybe if it was up to you, you wouldn't pick. Uh, and that's kind of fun because then you have to figure out how to do something with it. And it, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a productive activity too. I mean, I think a lot of times we get, you know, lost in, you know, any kind of screen time watching TV mm-hmm. and, you know, stuck on our phones and just being able to, you know, come to a kitchen with, you know, a box full of ingredients and, and, and experiment. It, it, it really is something that's enjoyable. And, yeah. and I, I, me personally, it's like stress relief. Like, yep. you know, some people do certain things and different things for stress relief, but just literally like cooking and making something and spending the time in the kitchen to, you know, kind of detach from being glued to either a TV or a cell phone. It, it, it's a, and it's a good way to, you know, kind of make your brain think in a different way and process in a different way. And, Garden too. I, I, that's something I, I, I've really been enjoying this year. Having a little bit bigger of a space is I'm out there more. Um, I kind of make it a point to not have earbuds in, you know, just kind of listen to the birds. It sounds sounds goofy, but it, it, it does kind of, uh, you know, make it for a good experience. Uh, you know, you get your hands in there. The tomatoes are getting all smelly and I don't know. It's, it's, it's a sensory experience, right? Definitely. I also wanted to, you know, point out 
as you know, as we're talking about the garden and the food, and, and I, you know, it's kind of stepping back a little bit, but don't don't overlook champagne and sparkling wine and or rosé. Now, when you say sparkling wine, what 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 all can that entail? I mean, there's sparkling wine's a rabbit hole in itself. Um, a lot of people will refer to anything that's sparkling wine as champagne, but you know, technically speaking, that's not right. But I mean. There's this, you know, it's St. Hilaire. It's like a, a yellowish, orangish label. It's like a sparkling French wine, and I think it's like 11 or $12 a bottle. I mean, whenever we have people over, my wife and I, McKenna, we always have a bottle of that to open. And it's also a really good, like, palate cleanser as you go into the, uh, the, the main, you know, course. And it's fun. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be a formal occasion to pop a bottle of sparkling wine. Oh yeah. It's fun. It's super People fun. People love it. And ever and anytime you ask someone, Hey, do you want, do you want some sparkling wine? They're, they're, they're going to say, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's fun and it makes you feel like you're celebrating something. And mm-hmm. really, I think as a culture, we need to celebrate things more and just being with the people that we care about. And absolutely, it doesn't have to be an official you know, event or anything like that. It's like, Hey, you know, hell yeah. Dan's coming over for dinner, pop the top, pour some bubbles. It's like, enjoy what you have and who you're with. And that should be a celebration in and of its own that I think it's overlooked is just the company you have and the experiences that you're having at that moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, something else along, along those lines too. Um, so there's, bunch of different sparkling wines uh i think you know going outside of your comfort zone too and there a lot of them are pretty inexpensive yes. like you can get a bottle of good cava for like eight bucks yep you can get a good bottle of prosecco for about the same yeah uh and just trying different things uh one thing i was gonna say too is like i've been to a couple um, um places where the hosts <clears throat> they get these giant um ice ice tubs right and they'll open. They'll open. That's that's one thing. If you are hosting, maybe open a few different bottles because as guests will be hesitant to open, even if you greet them at the door and go, "We can open anything you want." Right? So they're they're very hesitant. So just have it open, uh, and people will drink it. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's you know eight ten bucks, you know like, it's not going to break the bank. No. If you want, you can. Of course, go, uh, you know, yeah, sky's the limit. But uh, yeah, that's that's something that's always fun. But yeah, what going back to what Aubrey said, just just you know what, everybody just start drinking sparkling wine every day, just open up. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I if, I if I could, I would. It's something that is awesome, you know. So, my wife's not when we first met, you know, obviously wasn't very into wine, and I've kind of reeled her in a little bit but it's just so much fun even like i said if it's just her and i sitting around watching stranger things and we open a bottle of sparkling wine it's just it's cool i don't know i enjoy it who's a uh, uh it, that reminds me of um shoot i'm gonna uh screw his name up who's the guy who smokes cigars all the time he's got a cigar type named after him he's like oh uh churchill yeah churchill have you ever heard of the churchill yeah, isn't it? yeah. That guy, the guy, that guy know how to drink or what? yeah. What do you drink? Like two or three bottles of sparkling wine a day or something? Yeah, he'd like start the start the day with uh, you know scotch and water like you do. <clears throat> now that the, the, the I, I I did a little research and the amount of scotch is more like a flavoring. He's not drinking like scotch. Like, yeah, you, he's not intoxicated beyond belief all day long, uh, but he is drinking a lot. But yeah, it's like flavored scotch flavored water. <laughs> Have a couple of those, uh, you know. I don't think he was a big beer guy. He drank a lot more wine. Um, he'd have like a bottle of, of 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 red and a bottle of sparkling with lunch, um, you know, kind of 
chill out, have like seven cigars, drink some more scotch flavored water, you know, get to dinner, drink maybe two bottles of red and another bottle of sparkling, uh, have that after dinner, scotch flavored water. And then you'd start getting into the cognac, you know, like like you do. Right. (laughs) Go to bed, do it all again the next day. Yeah. 30 cigars later. (laughs) Just, just try things, you know, go, go in, go into your, you know, local establishment that sells alcohol, wherever that may be. And just go find someone and just be like, Hey, I really want to step outside my comfort zone. I really want, you know, some new experiences. I mean, it's okay to, you know, to have that, that comfort level with what you're used to, to consuming, but just being able to trust someone and be like, Hey, take me, take me down a different path. And, um, another thing with that, I think some, something that we could maybe relate to people is if you don't like something, it's okay. There's still probably something you can do with it. So if you get, um, if you get a red wine that you don't enjoy, um, a lot of times you can first try chilling it. Sometimes, you know, you don't like whatever about it because, um, you know, you're getting some smell or you're getting some flavor out of it. So chill it down, uh, or make sangria with it or, and that goes for sparkling wines that goes for white wines. (laughs) A lot of times just make sangria out of it. Um, if you don't want it to go to waste or, uh, with sparkling wines, a lot of times, um, make a, make a sparkling cocktail. Yeah. I'm a big fan of gin and sparkling wine. Yeah. It's easy. And, and you know, you can marinate food in it. So say you open a bottle of red wine, you don't like it. You're like, you know what? I'm going to try marinating some steaks in it and, you know, just grab some of those fresh herbs out of the garlic. Deglazing the pan. Yeah. I've, I've heard some people, I've never done it, but you can, you can make vinegars. Yeah, and stuff. you can. I've, I've never done it. Or like reduction. Yeah. Just reduce stuff. it down to a sauce, add something to it and make a sauce for the next time. So it, it you can take some chances and still have some options if you hate it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then it's also good to learn. So you you're, you figure out, oh, maybe I'm not a big fan of this wine grape. Maybe I'll mm. maybe I'll try this. Or, you know, you could go back in and be like, I didn't like this, but there's a whole other area that produces the same grape that gives you a whole different flavor experience. And <clears throat> if 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 you're entertaining, it turns into a discussion, or it can turn into a discussion. A discussion if you want to go that down that route. Um, if you're not entertaining, it can be um, a, a time to educate yourself about a certain region or something. That's a lot of times if I'm trying uh, a new varietal or something, I will uh, pull up YouTube or I'll, I'll pull up a Wikipedia article or wine folly or something like that and be like, what's this all about? Where'd this come from? Uh, and kind of dive into it like that. And there's a ton of good options too. And you know, sparkling wines, Rose, you know, uh, Beaujolais, there's very good, you know, first course early into meal wines that, that are incredible. And, and, that you know we're we're talking about you know pre-meal you know things and they're usually not as expensive which is also good they're they're very budget friendly and they're things that you know you can find quality and and get a, a really good value so i haven't done a whole lot of entertaining this year but something i did was i grabbed a box and i filled it with 12 white or rosé wines that um i'd never tried before uh and the only stipulation, the, the biggest stipulation I had was it cannot come from the United States and just filled the thing up. And I was like, all right, I have wines of summer. So every, every time I go for a bottle, I already have that bottle. 
Um, and, and, or maybe like, you know, if I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I want, I want to drink some wine tonight before work. I'll throw that bottle in the, in the uh, refrigerator. And then when I get home, it's all nice and chilled. It's good. You find favorites that way. I've, yeah. I've already found a couple favorites, which is, you know, you get stuck on them for a little bit and then you try something else and something else becomes a new favorite. And it's also cool. Cause it's like, so I'm, I love to learn. I like to, you know, learn about things and then it's a rabbit hole for yourself. So you're like, here's, say you got, you know, a party, you know, coming up and you got some people coming over, you've picked out the wines and then you get to start to do your research maybe on what pairs with those. So then your appetizers or the cheeses and stuff that you're going to purchase for that, you know, you, you get to learn yourself like, Oh man, I didn't know that these two things go well together. I can't wait to try that. So it's also cool to, to take that and into a, a learning experience as well. Um, I think for a wrap up, maybe, um, would you be, would you be okay recommending maybe a red, a white and, uh, maybe a cocktail most folks wouldn't be maybe so engaged with or, or, or something that's not regularly on a menu somewhere? Sure. So for, I'll start. So I love, so like I said, sparkling wine, I already kind of recommended the St. Hilaire. Hilaire yeah. That's very good, you know, f- Right, you know, with appetizers, and then you know, after appetizers, before you go into your main course, you know, sparkling wine is a really good palate cleanser. Mm. So pop the bottle, drink it, get the, get the palate cleansed, and then move on. Uh, I love also French rosé. To me, um, you know, the the provincial rose from Provence are probably my favorites. There's just this striking acidity to them. Yeah, and they're really just fresh and kind of cool you down a little bit. So I love those. So those, you know, the St. Hilaire and any Provincial Rosé from France are probably two of my, you know, usual go-tos. Goes really well with watermelon, strawberries, yeah. those sorts of things. The summer fruits, well, summer-ish fruits. And then uh, cocktails, I, I keep cocktails simple. I So, if you, I mean, I do a lot of mezcal with Topo Chico. Oh, nice, and you're yeah. And you're going to get, and then, you know, some. I do an orange bitters and an orange garnish. Oh, yeah. So it's it's pretty simple. So you got you a just, snack in there too. Yeah. <laughs> so you literally just you know an ounce and a half of mezcal into a um, a rocks glass and then top it off with Topo Chico, a couple dashes of orange bitters. Besides the orange slice, uh, what kind of snacks could maybe go with that? If I'm getting a little hungry, just something, just like I don't know, like uh, is there anything that you particularly like with, chowing on? With it's like more snacky with the with the mezcal cocktails. I mean, I, I just do, I like salty things. I like mm. nuts, just mm. bar nuts, yeah. um, potato chips. Oh, yeah. yeah and tortilla yeah. chips. I mean, uh, that's another good one for sparkling wine too, right? Yeah. Just kind of some, some salty potato chips. Uh, some people say popcorn. I don't know if I'm 100% behind that one. But yeah. I like I like popcorn, but I don't know if I like it with my sparkling wine. Yeah, um, but <clears throat> it's, you know, just some tortilla chips, something. What about, what's your red pick for summers? Some folks, you know, <clears throat> they're against reds in the summer but there are a lot of good reds Beaujolais, a chilled Beaujolais. nice i mean and and bang for your buck wise uh, you know it, you're getting a, a, a really good wine so i like um uh, Beaujolais, and i chill it off not not quite cold maybe just you know an hour or two in a fridge what then, about a couple ice cubes yeah you could i go for it it's Hell yeah you know so i i like chilled Beaujolais in the summer i think you know it, it it's a red it but it but it provides the lighter strawberry notes to it, and once again, you know, it, it just makes me think of sitting outside on a back porch and just having some drinks. Yeah, uh, you know, there, and and you can you know go into most places and um, 
Jadot, any store will probably have a Jadot Beaujolais of some sort. It's, you know, I think it's what, 10 or $11. Yeah, it's not cheap. too bad. And like I said, Beaujolais definitely get like three bottles. Yeah. You get more than you bargain for with that, but there's, there's some really nice, you know, single, you know, um, single area, you know, some, some nice Beaujolais that you can find too. But yeah. You, you can spend 30 to $40 on Beaujolais if you want, but yeah, you don't have to. Don't have to. Nope. I like, I like, uh, I like Grenache. Yeah. In the summer. I don't know. It's easy. Um, it, it again lends itself to being chilled if you want to, or put some ice cubes in it or, cut up some fruit and put in some brandy and just rock it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe add some sparkling wine. You know, what I like to do is I like to add booze to my booze. Yeah. You know, spice it, it up a little if bit. The booze doesn't have enough booze in it. Put a little more booze in it. Yeah. Gotcha. Also. What, along. Yeah. What about you? Any recommendations on anything else? Um, <clears throat> again, uh, don't buy anything from the United States this year. Uh, you know, um, the Toronto, I, I, I pronounce everything terribly, uh, but Toronto's, uh, 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 if, if that's something that you haven't tried, um, Vino Verde, uh, Albarino's, um, I've been doing a lot of those style and that's kind of where I've been leaning towards. In those whites. are pretty light bodied, crisp, yeah. dry white, super light, super crisp. Um, what I like to call a porch pounder. Um, most of those, there isn't really an expensive option. You can maybe get into like the twenties. Um, but for the most part, you're, you're, you're sitting right between 10 and 15. And that's what they're designed for though. Yeah. They're not all wine or anything that you, you know, beverage wise, some things are what they are. You know, some domestic craft breweries just make a really good lager and it's not expensive. Like it doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. It's meant for sipping, kind of like like Kolsch's and stuff too. That's that would be my summer beer recommendation. Get you get you a nice Kolsch, uh, get you a, a tiny little glass too, and just keep filling it. That's that's how they do it, right? Yeah, I for for beer, I, I like Pilsner. I mean, I, I drink. Oh yeah, you know, Pulaski Pils is one of my favorites. That's a that's a jam. So I I, I like light and easy, and I like either bright acidity or just you know kind of lighter flavors well that's probably enough to get people started right and yeah. uh like aubrey always says if uh if if that didn't get the juices flowing if you're ha- if you're always if you're struggling at all just ask the guy behind the counter right yeah they'll, he's they'll. got he or she's got something to probably recommend to you yeah well for gimlet's at golden hour i'm dan and i'm aubrey have a great day mm-hmm.